Pastor Chris's podcast. So I was excited. I, I've been meditating and praying over the last several weeks, thinking about, you know, the next series of messages that was going to be preaching starting in January and uh, uh, had it all kind of worked out and was ready to start a new series today. And then the events of this last week came up and I thought, you know, I need to just kind of pause for that. Uh, for just a minute, and, and uh, I need to, to listen to what the Lord might have me to say today based on of that. And um, of course, I understand that in our audience are people of all different kinds of persuasions, um, different political uh, viewpoints, and I, I try very hard um, to never preach messages just from one perspective, because I understand that, that I'm everyone's pastor. Doesn't, doesn't matter where, where you're coming from. And so, um, and, and, and I even try to steer clear of political messages altogether if, if possible, but because of what's been happening, um, this message comes from that. But, it, but again, this is a message that is for everyone. It's not for Republicans or Democrats or independents or anybody. It's for everyone. We all need to hear this message today, I believe. And in order to set up the, the scripture that I want to read, um, you remember that Jesus had a last supper with his disciples. And after that, he went to the garden of Gethsemane and they were there together praying. And then a Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus and the religious leaders led a angry group of people to come and arrest Jesus. And that's what brings us to the scripture I want to read to you from Luke, not Luke, from Matthew 26, verses 52 to 56. Actually, 51 to 56. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Put away your sword, Jesus told him, for those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly. But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen? Then Jesus said to the crowd, am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. At that point, all his disciples deserted him and fled. This story about a disciple of Christ that cut off a man's ear is so important that all four gospels include it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospel of John says that the mob was a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards. Matthew, Mark, and Luke simply said it was a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. The Gospel of John says that it was Peter that cut off the man's ear. The other Gospels don't tell us who the man was, just so that it was one of Jesus' disciples. And in the Gospel of Luke, it says Jesus healed the man's ear. He picked it up and put it back on. And that's pretty amazing. But only the Gospel of Luke tells us that story. Surely this incident happened at a, in, it was dark. 
It was chaotic, it was violent, and it happened so fast, and there wasn't anybody standing there with a smartphone recording it all, so you could watch it 3,000 times after the fact. But I'm sure that it was really hard for the disciples to remember exactly how it happened in every detail. Maybe that accounts for why each one tells a little different viewpoint of the story. But there's one thing they all reported unanimously. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all remember that Jesus told them not to fight. In John twenty-two fifty-one, Jesus said, no more of this, after he cuts off the ear. And in Matthew 26, 51, he said, put away your sword. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Now, Jesus is the most influential figure who ever lived. He changed the world so drastically that we divide history by whether it happened before he lived or after he lived. He was the most influential person in history. Now, there have been a lot of influential people in history, and some of those have sought to change the world with a sword or guns or missiles or bombs. And some have been successful to one degree or another, but none of them have ever even come close to having the influence that Jesus did without a sword. And we can't even remember most of their names. (laughs) But we all know Jesus' name. And I believe that Jesus' message to us today is the same thing he said to his disciples on that dark night when he was arrested. Put away your sword. We've had our swords out for a long time in this country. It's got exponentially worse over the last decade. I realize that none of you are walking around literally with a sword in your hand. But figuratively, we all carry a sword. The sword of which I speak is not a weapon that has a long metal blade. It is an attitude that we have that we got to fight each other to make life the way we want it to be. Jesus said, he who lives by the sword dies by the sword. And what we've been seeing more and more in our country, in our communities, what we saw vividly this past week as rioters stormed into the Capitol, we have seen what it looks like to die by the sword. And it's not necessarily a physical death. People died during that demonstration But what we saw, the greatest death of all, is a a death of of hope, a death of our our trust, a death of uh, uh, an idea. A death of uh, uh, morals, a death of uh, lots of things, but nothing good. (laughs) 
how did we get to that place? A place where thousands of people would gather at the Capitol and then violently and foolishly rush past barricades, overwhelm law enforcement, and illegally occupy the Capitol for several hours. What makes people act like that? Well, we're very divided, and that's part of it. But it's not just that we don't agree on everything. You know, America's, people in America have never agreed about everything. <laughs> We've always had varying diff- ideas and opinions. That's always been part of who we are. It, we're too big, too diverse, too many people. We're never going to agree on everything. It's just not going to happen. The problem is we've come to a place that we're so angry that we want to swing a sword and cut off the ear of people with whom we disagree. And maybe we've been cutting off each other's ears for so long that we don't have any ears left to listen to each other. We don't use swords, not literal swords, but we cut off each other's ears with words and insults and accusations and mistrust and disrespect. There are times when it's necessary to draw a sword or a knife or a gun to protect yourself or your family. But using a sword is not the way to make the world a better place. It's not the way to make America great. And right now, we need to hear Christ's words when he says, put away your sword. That's not the way. Violence is not the way. Fighting is not the way to make America great or the world the way God wants it to be. Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. The people of Israel have been waiting for the Messiah to come and save them for centuries before he came. The people of Israel thought the Messiah would come and he would save them from their enemies. That he would fight for them with a sword and liberate them from the Romans who were who were oppressing them and extorting the resources of their nation for the benefit of their empire without any regards to whether it was good for the people of Israel or not. And they thought the Messiah would come and fight to make all of that better. But Jesus knew that would never work. It would never work. And it's not that he couldn't win militarily, He could have. He said in Matthew 26, 53, don't you realize I could call my father and ask for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly. That wasn't the problem. It's just that Jesus knew a violent uprising would never work because it's not how you change people's hearts. Even if you defeat them, you have not defeated their heart. You haven't changed who they are. Only love can do that, as Kelsey's song so beautifully expressed. Love is how Jesus changed the world. And love is how Jesus wants his followers to make the world a better place. 
Love is how Jesus wants you to make America, your community, your church, your family a better place. And this is a message that, that's for everyone, whether you're Democratic or Republic or Progressive or Conservative or an elephant or a monkey or whatever. It's time to stop pointing fingers at everyone else and talking about how evil they are. It's time to stop calling people's names because of what party or philosophy they follow. It's time to start treating everyone with respect. It's time to start listening and learning from each other. And you don't have to agree with someone to respect them, to listen to them, to learn from them. It's time to start living by the love of Christ. Or else, alternatively, we die by the sword. What does that mean for you? The details will be different for each person according to your life and your situation. But some suggestions would be stop calling people names. And even if you don't say it out loud, don't think it in your heart. Change your attitude. Understand that people with whom you disagree probably believe what they believe for good reasons. And here's, here's the thing, too. People that you disagree with about how things ought to happen or how things ought to work, they probably don't disagree with you as much as you think. It's probably just that they're, because of their worldview, they prioritize it differently. And so what you believe is most important is important to them too, but maybe it's just a little farther down the list and vice versa. They're not the enemy. Most importantly, if you are a Christian who has committed your life to follow Jesus as your Lord, recognize your role. And work as hard as you can to do the things the way Jesus would do them. Not the way the world tells you you're supposed to do them. Perhaps the way of Christ is best summarized by the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Words are on the screen. Listen to these. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Are you doing that? Are you sowing love by the things you say and do? Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Are you promoting faith or doubt? Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O oh, divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Will you live out the ideas in this prayer? 
Peter boasted that he would die for Jesus. He would die for him. And I'm sure the other disciples thought the same. But the very last phrase in the scripture reading this morning is that all the disciples fled. They were probably perfectly fine with going out on a battlefield with a sword in their hand and fighting to the death. But that's not Jesus' way. And I think the same is probably true for, for a lot of people today. We want to fight. We want to fight and we'll be willing to fight to the death. <laughs> but are we willing to live to the death? It's easy to pledge that you will die for Jesus, but will you live for him? Even if it means coming to an end on a cross or picking up a cross every day. I think to close today, we should all stand together. Um, even if you're at home, <laughs> put your laundry to the side. If you're sitting at home, set your laundry to the side and just stand up off of the couch. If you're in the pews, let's all stand together. The words are on our screen. I'm going to ask Benny to back up the slides and let's uh, look at the prayer together. And let's pray this together. And let it be our commitment, not just to say these words, but to live them. Make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O oh, divine master, Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Conquer